the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Welcome in. Kathy Emmons in the Word FM studios without my on-air partner, John Hall, taking another day off, but joined happily. Well, at least I'm happy. I don't know if he is, but New Mike is here. New Mike, greetings. Greetings. I'm super happy. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear that you're very happy. Very happy. Is it because it's World Emoji Day? Yes, of course. Because that is thrilling. I mean, I look forward to this all the other 364 days. I've wasted my whole day sending emojis to everybody that I know. I love, and, the, and you know what? They're all really happy that you've oh, done yeah. that. They're oh, really yeah. grateful. They're not about annoyed it. at all. No. Did you know there was a World Emoji Day? No, I had no idea. Okay, well, there is, and it's There's today. Such a thing? Yeah. Yeah, and I got to be honest, it's kind of fun. Did you see the tweet that I just tweeted a couple minutes ago? Because it ha- I tweeted you in it. You did. I did. Apparently not. Okay, you need to look at it. Because here's the (laughs) thing. Um, World Emoji Day, if you're on Twitter, is fun. Or if you're on Facebook, is fun. But particularly Twitter. Because people are tweeting out amusing things. Okay. Um, Let me... Okay, let's look at this. Are you ready? The U.S. Army wished everyone a happy World Emoji Day with an image of soldiers running uphill. But instead of the actual soldiers' faces, they were just like the grimacing yellow face. (laughs) Like the strong yellow face. Uh, NASA offered an emoji brain teaser, and they only used symbols to describe all the planets of our solar system in order. I love it. Which is super cool. Um, Sorry, i got to reach for my phone so I can pull this up. Um, Cookie Monster expressed his love for his favorite emoji. He said that the cookie, of course, is the only emoji that really counts, which, I mean, he's Cookie Monster. He has to say that. Right. Dolly Parton did this funny thing on her Twitter account where she combined like all these hearts, butterflies, and notes, and she did like a big red dolly. I thought that was kind of cute. Uh, Puerto Rico rendered its flag using round emojis and a single star. Uh, fans of Lost. Did you watch Lost? No. Okay. Well, I did. I watched every single blessed second of it, I want you to know. And at the end, I still didn't understand what happened. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Apparently, fans like me can reminisce about the show by reviewing the entire plot as told by emojis. Stop it. Yes. At the lost fans on Twitter. Are you Twitter. serious? Yes. That's, that's what they said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, okay, so now, wait, maybe I didn't send it out because now I can't see it. Can you see it on your Twitter feed? It says, new Mike, Word FM, and I are celebrating hashtag Word oh, okay, good. Emoji For some reason, I can't find it. And then you posted the... Guess the movie and TV shows yeah. on okay, this is, Emoji Day. Okay, this is awesome. So if you find us on Twitter, I am Kathy underscore Word FM, and you are New Mike underscore, un- underscore Word FM. No, just New Mike Word FM. Okay, New, New Mike underscore. Word FM. Yeah. Um, and there is a little contest on there that is super funny. I did it this afternoon. So you have to guess. Uh, there's There are, what, 20 there? I, for some reason, I can't see it on I my feed. I see 40. Okay. There are 40 different TV shows and movies that are only expressed through emojis, and it's really, really awesome. I absolutely love it. Okay. Uh, what else? Um, 
Waffle House used World Emoji Day as a platform to lobby for a waffle emoji, which there is not one of. There is no waffle That's emoji. very disappointing. Yeah. Um, there needs to be one. And the, he, he, Waffle House said this. Wish we could celebrate World Emoji Day. And then they put hashtag, where's the waffle emoji? And then they said, in the myriad of emoji choices, the waffle has gone completely unrepresented. Uh, so they're asking its fans to call on Unicode, Apple, and Google to get behind the waffle. Okay, so here's my question for you, Mike. Yes. Do you use a lot of emojis? Um, not as much as my wife does. Okay, do you think that women use more emojis than men? Definitely. Do you think so? I think so. Okay. Definitely. All right. I like myself an emoji. I use them often. And you know why? Because they make me laugh. They're fun. I like I, them too. I, I like them very much. Um, what are the ones that you use regularly? Because here's the thing. With everybody, you end up using the same ones over and over. Like the, you can go to the recent ones, Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Let's see here. Let me go to my recent ones. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm seriously. Keep, no, take your time. So are you ready for my first one? I'm ready. It's the poo emoji. Oh, my gosh, first one. Really? Yeah. The poo emoji. Is, your, is that because you have a child in diapers? Yes. Okay. I understand. That. Oh, yeah. I understand that. Um, and then the next, the next one, and then it's funny that this they're side by side is the explosion one. Right, <laughs> right. I think I'm getting the theme of your life. And then the other one is the angry face um, expletive one. Oh, right, with all the little like symbols yes. instead of bad like, bad words coming out of the mouth. And I, I think my last text was, oh, poop. Mm-hmm. Dr. J had an explosion. Mm-hmm. I have to I have to clean it up again. To see this is the parent of a toddler. <laughs> this is what it is. And uh, yeah. Okay, so. so so the emojis that I use most regularly, apparently looking at this is um the explosion. Yeah. Okay, I really like I like it, the one bam. Yeah, I like that one. I like the bam the one. Boom one. Yeah. yeah, I like that one. I use that a lot. I also use the like tears of laughing. Yes, apparently I have that one as well. Apparently, I use that a lot. And this was an emoji that came up new in the last round, which is you know the the one where the person's like has their hands up, like oh, it's oh, not my fault. Oh, what? Up? It's not my fault. Right, it's not my fault. I seem to use that one a lot. Um, and the last one I seem to use regularly are just the eyes. Yes. Yeah, that are like what? What? I don't know what it says about you, depending on what what your emoji usage is. But that's what it says about me. All right. So it's not just World Emoji Day. It's also National (laughs) Tattoo Day. Yeah, it is. Which they call a celebration of one of the most intimate art forms there is. It is an intimate art Um, form. Mike, do I know you well enough to ask the question, do you have a tattoo? Yes, you know me well enough. And yes, I do have a tattoo. Okay. Um, What is the tattoo? I mean, can you share with our listening audience? Yeah, sure. I just read that it's uh, one of the most intimate art forms. It is. I, I I actually designed the tattoo myself. What? Yes. No way. Mm-hmm. And I sat down with a tattoo artist. It was... <laughs> when was this? Uh, sophomore year of college. Okay. And I was actually home for a break, and I was with my family, and um, I was walking out the door, and my mom was like, hey, where, where are you going? What are you doing? I said, all right, I'm, good, I'm just going to go get a tattoo. She goes, oh, no, you're not. I said, yeah, I am. I'll see you later. Bye. <laughs> so I just left. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Your poor mother was yep. like, wait a minute. When yep. did I lose control? She chased me out of the house. I'm like, no, you're not. I said, yes, I'm, I'm going to go. So the <laughs> where I got my tattoo was a, uh, it wasn't at a tattoo parlor. No. It oh. was at a. Don't uh, tell me it was in some dude's basement. It was at some dude's apartment. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I walked in and I'm like, okay, let's do this. And he took out a, this briefcase 
and he took out a new needle that was in plastic and ripped it out and and got all the paint and stuff out and it was it was quite an experience were you at that point like i have made a serious mistake i yeah it crossed my mind but i was determined i said i'm getting this tattoo and why did you decide to go to some dude's basement instead of like to i mean i've been to Southside tattoo twice not for tattoos but for piercings and they're very nice there well i i knew the guy's mother i worked with I, I worked with them. Family connection. I worked with her. Yeah, it was a family connection. And um, she's like, oh, my son does great tattoos. And she even got this like book out. She goes, oh, look, look at it, look at his work. And I was like, oh, wow, he does really good work. And so um, she gave me his number and then I called him and said, hey, I'd like to make an appointment. So I was like, where do you, where are you, where's your, where are you located? Where's your store? He goes, oh, I do tattoo parties. So what that he- is a horrible idea. If you would mix that with alcohol, people would be doing things that they would eternally regret so you could you hire him and he'll actually go to your house what and anybody that wants a tattoo can get a tattoo so he has these yeah he has these tattoo parties now i didn't go to a tattoo party i obviously just went to his apartment and you know got the tattoo it's like on the back of my spine and which i thought was going to be horrendous because it's like on the bone but okay it, it really wasn't that bad how long did it take um about an hour and 40 minutes all right. And yeah. what is the tattoo of? It's a cross, and on top of the cross is the Trinity symbol. Okay. Okay. And um, I wanted, you know, everyone's kept on saying to me, well, once you get one, you're going right. to get another one. And you're going to. No, I, I didn't feel that. Like, I, I didn't feel like that I needed another one. I don't feel like I needed, like, an arm sleeve of tattoos now. Like, but. Okay. What? Yeah. Okay. So let me go back to the dude in the um, in the uh, in his basement with his suitcase. <laughs> like, did you ask for any identification? Was there any like proof that he was who he said he was, or you were just no. like, I met your mom, and so this yeah. is all good? Yeah, that's nutty. Yes, I noticed. You realize that if Doctor J ever told you he was going to do that, you would be like, <laughs> child not, yeah. over my dead body. Yeah, and t- sometimes I totally forget that it's there. Like, I'll turn around. And, uh, and like I have a big mirror in front of my bathroom, and I turn around, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that thing! Like I have that. I forgot I had that tattoo on my back." But yeah, did, okay. Did you consider putting it somewhere else? Like, did you at first say, "Hey, I'm going to put it on my ankle," and then you changed your mind? I wanted it on, um, I wanted it on the side of my shoulder, so yeah. like my forearm. Yeah. Um, and then every everyone had that type of tattoo. Right. I was like, you know, I mean, no. everybody does that. And then I thought about, well, what if I have it on my arm and. I go for a job interview and they don't yes. hire me because I'm because I have right. a tattoo. Exactly. Like, you know what? I'm just going to put it on my back. Wise. So, yeah. Wise. Yeah. What if you and John and I got matching tattoos? <laughs> Let's do it. Can you imagine? Let's do it. I mean, over. First off, I'm never getting a tattoo. I'm never doing oh, it. Oh, come on, Ken. No, I'm never no, doing never it. Never crossed no, no, your no. mind ever. And I told you, I've been at Southside Tattoo multiple times because I really like it there. And I had my ears pierced there and I had my daughter's ears pierced there. And I, there's no way. I'm never, ever doing that. You're not going to get the, uh, like the baby the tramp face stamp? Ta- no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I wasn't even going to go there. Yeah, not, no. The answer's no, Mike. That's hilarious. I'm not doing it. Absolutely not. All right. Well, now that we've worked this out, although I will send many emojis. I feel like, hey, I just got a text from Dave Moore. Uh, Dave Moore is going to be uh, co-hosting the show in a couple days. He said um, he said that he's never used an emoji in his whole life. What? Never. I wonder if he has a tattoo. <laughs> if, he has a, if he has a tattoo and has never used an emoji, then that would just be the absolute I don't believe that. Thing. I, don't, I can't, can't possibly do it. Hey, summer reading coming up next. Our friend, um, I'm calling him the... Uh, 
the emperor of the realm of reading. Byron Borger up next with all your summer reading tips. Stay close on today's Ride Home. 101.5 WORD. Have you ever wondered why seemingly intelligent and educated people just don't get it when it comes to the gospel? It's almost as if the Bible is written in a foreign language that they just can't understand. Well, there's a good reason for that. It is. In fact, none of us could understand the Word of God without an interpreter, the Holy Spirit. Dr. J. Vernon McGee is studying Galatians this week on Through the Bible. So if you're struggling with understanding the scriptures, why not tune in? Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. Hey, many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial. And so you probably know that they were the first and still, after all this time, the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But are you aware that now they're also offering the very best group health plans in the nation, typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you want. Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, even Johns Hopkins, because Marley is giving you the power to choose what's best for you. And also, what's best for your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors without all those usual headaches of things like like minimum participation or employer contributions. So what can you lose? Give Marley a call. Ask your questions and get them answered. 724-884-1496 and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 or online at marleyfg.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Volante and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. J&D Waterproofing, 1-800-VERY-DRY. The Landing is one of the newest and hottest places for families. Owned and operated by Impact Christian Church, the Landing Community Center in Moon Township is absolutely free. No membership needed. With an indoor turf field, gymnasium, kids' play area, meeting rooms, and great food at our cafe, we have something for everyone. Give your kids a play day without hurting your wallet. This is our gift to you. And we have great rates for your private rental needs. Check us out online at Impact. ImpactTheLanding.com. See, you've been getting into a little light reading. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. Wonderful book you have there. Have you read it? Well, not that one, but you know, books. <laughs> I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather bound books. I also have many leather bound books. I mean, not as many as the Anchorman, but still I have a lot of leather-bound books. And this is the time of year. I, I, I don't know what it is. Mike and I talked about this yesterday. But to me, summer is about reading. When, when the 
temperature gets hot and, you know, my kids are out of school, it seems like there's a little more time that even if there's not more time, the pace of things is slower. That's the time I just want to get sucked into a book. And so when Mike and I were talking, okay, well, who should we talk to? Well, we have to talk to Byron Borger. I mean, we're going to talk about reading. There's nobody else we could possibly talk to. Byron, how are you? I'm doing great, Kathy. I so love your enthusiasm for summer reading. I mean, summer reading is the very best kind of reading, Byron. That's how I feel. Well, I love reading in the fall when the leaves are changing. You can make an argument for cozying up with books before a fire. Right. Uh, Any time of the year is a good time to read. That's what I'm saying. Sure. Okay. Um, I didn't introduce you appropriately because I was just so excited about summer reading. But Byron is the owner of Hearts and Minds Bookstore, which is in Dallastown, PA. And uh, just speaking about you before I went to air with my boss, I was explaining how you and your wife have just carved out an incredible niche in the world of reading, especially reading um, for Christian living, for theology. I mean, just how have you done that over so many decades, Byron? I mean, look in the oh world in, in the it's, world of uh, in the world of Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You're you know one of the few independents that has not just survived but thrived. Well, it has been hard, and we're not thriving as much as you might think. It's been really difficult. Amazon is killing us, but you know we're still standing just out of sheer determination and God's grace. Mm. It was uh, 35 years ago that we worked for the CCO, the Coalition for Christian Outreach. You remember when we first met at that I Jubilee sure do. conference out in 19, Pittsburgh? Our to sell books to college students is what inspired us to start our bookstore, that we saw books change people's lives. We saw people engaging novels and, and, and learning about the world in new ways, reading deeper spirituality, reading books about call and vocation and relating Sunday to Monday, and they're living out their faith in the work world and, and in politics and citizenship. We saw this stuff happen at Jubilee, and we said, we want to do this in a small town. So we went back home to central Pennsylvania. We opened our bookstore, and we have this bookstore that sells books on every imaginable topic. And I think that's one of the things that has set us apart, that you find things in our bookstore Christian bookstore that you hardly find in any other Christian bookstore in the country. We've had people tell us that, you know, engineering and film uh, studies and sociology and racial reconciliation and all kind of novels and cookbooks. We, we just have a broad bookstore, and I think people are sort of longing for a religion that is big enough to encompass mm. all of life. And so truth? that's sort of why we thrive, is we're filling a niche, because so many Christian bookstores only sell books about you know, personal faith and focus on the family or what have you, which is all fine, but they don't really live out the implications of a call in to serve God in all of life. And so I think that's part of the thing, that we love books, and we love books about all kind of stuff, and so we read widely uh, for the sake of God's kingdom. Yeah. Well, you hit on something that I think is at the heart of why um, John and I have loved you so much for years, and I loved you way before you ever met John. Just keep in mind. I mean, you knew that's me right. first, okay? Uh, but anyway... Is that you love reading. I mean, I really think that's what the bottom line is, is that your enthusiasm for the books that you have is contagious. Um, and I and I wonder, after all of these years of doing this, Byron, I mean, do you get tired of reading? You know, that's a fascinating question. I don't. I, I wish I had more time to read. I, I read more slowly. I get tired of reading the same kind of thing after 35 years of the books of sort of the same old thing. But but there's so many fresh authors, so many new voices. You have them on your air. You bring on some of the best authors that are out there. I, I'm just stunned by the people you know about and get on your show. So there's so many good voices. No, I don't get tired of that. And you think kind of that we would. Um, 
but no, it's it's fresh. It's like Christmas every day when new books show up at the bookstore, and then I have this newsletter where I get to tell people about them. I literally feel like it's a privilege and, and a joy to be able to talk about stuff that I love. Byron, I've told this story, and I try to tell it as often as I can whenever you're concerned, is that when I was a freshman in college, um, I remember being at my very first Jubilee conference and then wandering around it. You know, there were just a few vendors at that point at Jubilee, and there was this table of books and you were behind it. And I went up to you and I base, I said something like this. Hi, I'm a freshman and I don't know anything. What should I read? And it took you about eight seconds to come up with four books that I should read. And, you know, those four books started me on, a, on a, just a fabulous trajectory, really changing the way I looked at study and vocation in the world. And I have, I was just knowing you were on last night. I just went and looked at my bookshelf. I still have all four of those books. Oh, God bless you. Can you tell people what they are? Absolutely. So um, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God uh, by J.I. Packer, uh, Your Mind Matters by John Stott, uh, Creation Regained by, is that Al Walters? Al Walters. Yeah. And uh, the fourth one was um, the first, what was the first Colson book? The Very was Born it, Again. Uh, Born Again. Well, Born Again was the first one. Born Again. Yeah. Right. And then I went back and got Life Sentence. And then, um, yeah. anyway, so that that's where we started. I mean, talk about a great, I mean, just think about how foundational those books are. I mean, anyway, I, I can't thank you enough. And so hopefully. Well, it's very interesting because right now I'm not at the bookstore. I'm up here at Grove City College talking to you remotely, as they say in the business. Uh, we're remote here from Grove City, where the CCO, the Coalition for Christian Outreach, that runs the Jubilee Conference, uh, Pittsburgh-based campus ministry that your listeners may know about, the CCO is having a staff training event. So there's hundreds of people here that are scattered from about 13 states and hundreds of campuses. And I was this afternoon literally leading a workshop on Al Walter's book, Creation Regain. You're making that and up. Why that book? I am not. I had it in my hand literally 30 minutes oh ago. Oh, my gosh. And we were talking about how the first edition, which is the one you have, thanks the CCO in the, in the acknowledgments. There's a second edition that is a new chapter, and the acknowledgments are different for the second edition. But the first edition of Al's book literally thanks Pittsburgh and the Coalition for Christian Outreach because we inspired him to write that book. He how about that? About how to be a good campus minister, that to be a campus minister must necessarily include helping students think through their vocation, their calling, thinking about the classroom, their worldview, as we put it, and a Christian worldview leads to a sense of vocation to make a difference in your work as a student. And if you're not including that stuff, you're not really an adequate minister in higher education. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so Al was teaching that stuff, and we're all like, this is so good, we never hear this, this is life-changing, and you should write this down. And literally while he was doing staff training, this is 20 years, 30, 40 years ago, he wrote that book, some of it in Pittsburgh. That's tremendous. So uh, that book later is thanks us, and then I sell it to you, and look at you now today, right in this radio show. I and mean, here I am still talking about the book. I love you know, it. Forty years later, I absolutely love it. We're talking to Byron Borger. Byron is the owner of Hearts and Minds Bookstore in Dallas Town, PA. Your absolute first stop for any books that you might possibly need. I'll put a link up on our Facebook page and at our website, johnnycathyshow.com, so you can contact Byron. You can also follow him on Twitter or on Facebook. Um, and this is what I do every time Byron's on. Uh, I go on. To our Facebook page, and I just write down every 
single book that Byron tells us about so that there are easy links for you there. The only thing is that because I'm by myself and John's not here, I can't do that while we're on the air um, because I don't have enough hands. But um, by the time I go to bed tonight, Byron, I, I do pledge to you that I will have every book that you recommend up on our Facebook page so any of our listeners can uh, find them and order them from Hearts and Minds Bookstore. So That's shall good. we begin? Shall we begin, my friend? Um, where and what? Uh, I shouldn't say where, but we're going to go to Hearts and Minds. But what should we be reading for summer? Okay, I know you like reading novels. I, I have do. some nonfiction I'd love to talk about, but oh, I'll yeah. mention a couple novels to get started. There is a novel that is not terribly well-known, and it's one of the reasons independent bookstores love doing what we do, is because we get to tell people about quirky little stuff, even if it's not a bestseller. There's a book called Heron River, like the bird, Heron, Heron River, okay. by an author named Hugh Cook. He's a Canadian. He's been to Jubilee years ago. He's a Christian man, but it's not a Christian publishing house. It's an independent Canadian publishing house. And he wrote this novel where the town has a river going through it. It's called the Heron River. And the blue heron figures into the book a bit. And it is a study of several different characters and how they sort of navigate some brokenness, some hardship. The book starts with an exquisite scene of a woman cutting rhubarb to make a pie to go to her church. And her son, uh, I am not spoiling too much, falls into a well uh, in the opening pages. Mm. It's tragic. He ends up with uh, some brain damage and and then later picks up his story as he's living in a group home as a young adult. And he's a sort of slow, somewhat uh, brain-damaged young man. And he's one of the characters in this story. There's some other stuff that goes on. And it is about tragedy and hardship and also redemption and hope. It was a beautifully written book, and I couldn't put it down. Hugh Cook's. Heron, Heron River. River. All right, great. Yep. Give us the next one. And the blue heron, he doesn't overplay the symbolism. You know, it's not one of these, like, but literally there's a scene where the heron is there and it's just, you want to cry. It's mm. so beautifully written. Is that and, a new book, Byron? Of this bird. It actually came out a couple of years ago and I just recently discovered it. In our bookstore, interestingly enough, there was a pastor out in the Midwest that was starting a program of books that he wanted his parishioners at his church to know about because he loved them so much. And he said, can you get me like 20 of these because I want to sell them in my church? And I was like, I know Hugh Cook. I know who he is, but I'd never read this one. So I decided to read it because this customer ordered them from us. And I said, I, I, and then I called Hugh Cook. We had a conversation on the phone. Uh, just a beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah. All right, great. There's another uh, fantasy novel for people that like that sort of speculative fiction and fantasy stuff, not quite Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia, but that kind of a thing. There's a guy named Sean Smucker. Sean Smucker lives in Lancaster County. He's one of our neighbors almost. And a year ago, he had a book called The Day the Angels Fell. And one person said it was Neil Gaiman meets Madeline L'Engle. Really? (laughs) It is a wonderfully written fantasy novel. And the sequel just came out last week. It is called The Edge of Over There. And in the story, a woman has to get into this place called the Over There. It's a secret dimension, and there's all this sort of supernatural stuff that goes on. But Sean Smucker is—I think you're going to be hearing more from this guy. His his writing is is much better than average for a CC uh, for a uh, for a contemporary sort of Christian yeah, novel. Yeah. But uh, this really makes it. It is a very well done book. So we're excited about Sean Smucker. We're going to have them in our store in the fall, do a reading from these books. And for people that like kind of light fantasy and provocative supernatural stuff, they're fun. The okay, day the great. Angels fell I love that. The, the, day, right, the day the angels fell and the edge of over there by Sean Smucker. All right. You want to keep going? 
Um, here's just something because I'm standing here with the guy a minute ago with the CCO staff training here at Grove City. There's a novel that probably nobody knows about, and you may not even be able to find the cover. I hope you can. It is written by a guy in Pittsburgh that works doing campus ministry with college athletes at the University of Pittsburgh. So he's ministering to people that, whose names you might even know right. who are on the big teams at Pitt. Uh, the book is called After the Lights by Mark Steffi. Mark Steffi has been mentoring students since, I think, about 2008. He lives uh, outside of Pittsburgh. And this is a novel about college athletes who, again, graduate from college. You know, they're stars, and then they have to get, like, a real job, and they're not even playing sports anymore. What happens to a guy, and he really wrote it for some of his students that he has seen this happen. They, they're collegiate athletes, but they don't become professional. They have to go and get a real job in accounting or whatever, and they're not uh, under the lights anymore. And so this is kind of about finding meaning uh, beyond college athletics, but he wrote it as a novel. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. So Mark after wrote the it lights. out of Pittsburgh. I think it's a cool book, After the Lights, and it's a difficult transition that these uh, student athletes do. And so uh, a lot of college athletes dream of going pro, but, you know, most don't. So it's a nice little story. It's a neat novel. It'd be fun to read over some of this baseball player in the front. Okay, great. After the Lights by Mark Steffi. Um, We're still talking to Byron Borger, and we have a lot more time with him, but we need to step away. Um, All the information about Byron is available right now on our uh, website, johnandcathyshow.com, and uh, we want to hear from you. So if you want to find me on Facebook or Twitter, if you have a question for Byron, that would be great. Uh, All your summer reading tips, many more coming up from Byron himself next. Tired of working for everyone else? With Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Pittsburgh, you can be your own boss and own your own business. It's a common dream that too often goes unrealized. As owner of your own commercial cleaning franchise, you can finally take control of your future. Vanguard Cleaning Systems offers you a turnkey opportunity that takes you through everything step by step, from the initial setup, marketing, and even providing you with new customers. Even if you have no experience, Vanguard will equip you to succeed at your own pace. Vanguard's expertise is why they're consistently ranked as a top franchise in Entrepreneur Magazine. Isn't it time you stopped working for everyone else? Discover the daily joy of being your own boss. All it takes is an initial upfront investment as low as $5,000 that will quickly pay for itself with Vanguard's proven model of success. To start your own janitorial business or expand your current one, call Vanguard Cleaning Systems of Western PA, 724-870-4120. When you're a kid, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soap Zone, because you love to see them smile. Save up to $18 on select days when you buy online at Idlewild.com. When wet weather is on the way, keep it dry inside with J&D Waterproofing. Water seepage and a sinking foundation can cause major structural damage if left untreated. Joe Belanti and the team at J&D Waterproofing have the experience to correct your water problem with over 72 years in the industry. Call the Tri-State's premier waterproofing company now at 1-800-VERY-DRY for a free estimate and big savings on all waterproofing services for a limited time. 
JD Waterproofing, 1 800 Very Dry. It's Trinity Jewelers' 20th anniversary. To celebrate, Trinity invites you to bring your better half this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They've just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers' 20th anniversary half off half the store sale. 20 years of celebrating life's closest relationships. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road at trinityjewelers.com. Isn't crushing candy just boring? Play the hit puzzle game Best Fiends. It's sweeping the nation. Tired of matching candies? Give Best Fiends a try. It's fun, fresh, and addictive whether you play alone or with friends and family. Download Best Fiends for free in the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Mainly clear and cooler tonight with a low of 58 degrees. There'll be some patchy fog in the area later tonight into early tomorrow morning. For the day tomorrow, mostly sunny. Pleasant for the afternoon, high 78. Clear and comfortable tomorrow night, 54 degrees. And another nice-looking day for Thursday with a good deal of sunshine and low humidity, 80 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Nittle on 101.5 Word FM. See, you've been getting into a little light reading. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. Wonderful book you have there. Have you read it? Well, not that one, but, you know, books. (laughs) I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. very best of summer reading with our friend Byron Borger, owner of Hearts and Minds Bookstore in Dallastown, PA. Byron is kind enough to join us, I'd say, at least once a quarter so he can tell us what's new in the world of books. And also, especially when it's a season like this, maybe you're going on vacation. Maybe you've got some, you know, longer nights, you know, the the light stays and, you know, the warmth of the outside air. I go out on my porch around 830 at night and all I want to do is get into some great story. And if you're looking for a story that perhaps could change how you think about the world. Byron Borger is the bookseller for you. I also was thinking, you know, Mike and I were talking off the air. Why don't we open up the phone lines? If you guys are interested in asking a question about Byron, not about him, but a question to Byron, um, or if you want to suggest a book yourself, we'd love to hear from you at 800-320-8255. 800-320-8255. We don't normally do that with Byron, but it just came to me. Why haven't we? So let's do that. All right, Brian, Byron. So, um, Keep going. We've heard of Heron River so far, the day the angels fell, and after the lights. Um, There's a book called Mystics and Misfits, and the subtitle is Meeting God Through St. Francis and Other Unlikely Saints. Oh, that sounds good. The author is Christiana Peterson. And in a way, it's a memoir of her moving to join an intentional Christian sort of community that was doing a rural farming project in the Midwest. And so it's her picking up her family, joining this intentional community, not quite a commune, but this very intentional Christian gathering. They were going to restore the land and feed the poor and do all this work of farming and live together and show the world what the early church was like. And, and it was not going well. And along that journey, she found uh, to accompany her and give her sustenance these great saints like St. Francis and some of the other early medieval saints. They're not only Catholic saints, they don't own the saints. Uh, These are saints for all of us in church history. So she tells the story of her life, but mostly it's a study of how particularly St. Francis and others sort of came to her 
and she came to understand them. Books she read about them, and so this is, in a certain sense, an example of how books can help you when you're going through hard times, how writers from the past can come alive and be oh so relevant even today. So this Mystics and Misfits, one author said, it's a love letter to holiness. It's very well written. It's really nice, set in contemporary times in the Midwest. But some of it is flashing back to how this Christiana Peterson finds um, an understanding of who St. Francis was and other very unlikely characters that gave her hope. So that's pretty neat. Isn't that Have you fabulous. had Jamie Blaine on the air? Tell me again the name. Have you had Jamie Blaine? No. He wrote Mercy Never Sleeps, but before that he wrote, um, uh, he's like, he's an He's a late night psychiatric counselor. So when people need to go into rehab or they need to like, uh, you know, be, be put into some sort of psychiatric situation, he's the guy they call. So he lives in a small town, plays pinball, has a great heart for the needy, runs a roller skating rink. He's kind of a funny, cynical, down to earth guy. And then people call him up when they're in great crisis. Well, this is his second book. And it is about his own sort of becoming unraveled by doing this kind of work. Yeah. And he says, I'm afraid I'm becoming like the very people that, that call me. Mm-hmm. I'm just sort of outside of my comfort zone here. I, he has, uh, he has uh, paranoia, but particularly he can't sleep. He has insomnia. And so the subtitle is Sleepless Thoughts on Faith, Heaven, and the Fear of Heights. It is a mesmerizing memoir. In fact, on the back it says, if you've ever felt lost and stumbling, as if you've never found your way to purpose, plans, or the promised land, Mercy Never Sleeps is a traveling companion, a field guide to making peace with your own rambling past home. Oh, that sounds so good. Okay, tell, tell me his name. He is, his name is Janie Blaine, B-L-A-I-N-E. Okay. He is one of my favorite writers. He's really a good writer. He only has um, these two books, and the, the new one is called Mercy Never Sleeps. It, it is really funny, and it's very honest about sort of just being real with your brokenness, with the hard stuff you've gone through, um, and uh, kind of how you navigate ordinary life in a small town. Um, he, he is something. I, I like that book a lot. It's a memoir, but it's sort of a, an edgy sort of contemporary telling of his own journey. A crazy guy. Mercy never sleeps. Okay, Mercy never sleeps. One more book before we have to break again, Byron. Oh my. Okay, I'll stick with this memoir thing. Did you see my? Uh, did you see my review by any chance in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette this past? You Sunday? know what? My, I actually had a book review just just today. My dad said, "Hey, your friend Byron was in the Post Gazette, but I haven't seen it yet." I reviewed a book called The Monk's Record Player. And it is a, um, a story, a biography of studying the relationship of Thomas Merton, the monk that died in the late 60s, and how he discovered Bob Dylan. What? When Dylan went electric, and this guy lived in solitude, he didn't even have a record player. Right. He had to request one from his superior in the monastery, and it took him a while to get it. And when he finally got a record player, he started playing Bob Dylan, and it changed his life. Thomas Merton and Bob Dylan. This. No way. That's right. Nobody knew, in all the many books about Dylan and all the many books about Thomas Merton, nobody has written that there was a connection between the two of them. Merton started writing to Dylan. He started writing lyrics uh, for Dylan to put to music. He invited him to come to the monastery. I don't think he ever did. But the book's called The Monk's Record Player, Thomas Merton, Bob Dylan, and the Perilous Summer of 1966. It's by a guy named Robert Hudson. And it was really enjoyable. If you like the late 60s, if you like Dylan's music, if you like Thomas Merton, the mystic, it was sort of these dual biographies of the two who, sure enough, 
their concerns were very similar, their poetry was sort of similar, and their visions interspersed in many, many ways. Oh, that's fascinating. Okay, it's The Monk's Record Player by Robert Hudson. We need to step away. We're going to continue our conversation with Byron Borger. If you've got questions about books or some suggestions of your own, give us a call at 800-320-8255. It's all things summer reading this hour on The Ride Home. For many folks, Obamacare isn't working. Carriers are dropping coverage, co-pays are skyrocketing, and penalties for not enrolling are growing. Add to that the hassle of dealing with claims issues and out-of-network roadblocks, and it's easy to see why so many Americans are turning to a different option called health sharing. Full health care plans that are saving families thousands a year and without the hassle. But with so many health sharing plans available, how do you find the right one? Easy. At Health Markets. Their free service does all the work searching nationwide health share providers for the plan that's right for your needs and budget. With health sharing, there's no enrollment deadlines, high premiums, or soaring out-of-pocket costs. And they're exempt from the sky-high penalties of the Affordable Care Act. Want a plan with the doctors you love and get coverage for dental and vision? Health Markets can help. Health Markets has helped people enroll in over 3 million plans and they can help you. Their service is free, so call to learn about all the benefits and savings of health sharing. Call 800-292-7796. That's 800-292-7796. 800-292-7796. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. When you come to Kennywood, you're part of the family. So make yourself at home. Help yourself to some tasty treats. Then climb aboard with the number one blue engine and steam into our newest attraction, Thomastown. Visit Thomas and friends at their new Kennywood home, coming soon. Kennywood, a Pittsburgh tradition for 120 years. Welcome to the family. Now save up to $20 on select days at Kennywood.com. That's a passion of mine, serving an underserved population. Stock Family Dentistry's Dr. Megan Stock on treating special needs patients. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. It takes some patience. That's about it. And I try to provide that with every one of my patients, special needs or not. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. On Perry Highway in Wexford, visit StockFamilyDentistry.com. See, you've been getting into a little light reading. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. Wonderful book you have there. Have you read it? Well, not that one, but, you know, books. (laughs) I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Whether leather-bound or paperback or whatever, isn't it great to be surrounded by books? You know, just last Friday, I'm on Facebook Marketplace, which is kind of like a Craigslist for those of us who are on Facebook. And I really like the interface of it, and so I've kind of been poking around because guess what I needed? I needed people. A new bookshelf. 
because my the, the bookshelf I had was just overflowing and burgeoning. And I have a 16-year-old daughter who also has her own personal library, which is overflowing and burgeoning. And I thought, we're just going to have to, we just have to find ourselves a new bookcase. Anyway, through Facebook Marketplace, I found Carolyn McKee's Rocks, and I just bought her bookcase from her. I did. I brought it home. I have it all set up. I'm telling you, Byron, you would be so geeked if you saw my my new bookcase. That would be so beautiful. That is so great. And your daughters bought books from us too. Oh, I know. I mean, both of my daughters. I mean, I, I don't even you have to guys. say. I don't oh, even have to say your last name. I mean, it's like it's like <laughs> Uncle Byron in the household. That's all it is. Okay, we're talking we're talking about summer readings. Summer reading with Byron Borger. And if you're used to Byron being on the show, and you're looking on Facebook and saying, "Why doesn't Kathy have all those books up yet?" It's just because John's on vacation. I don't have enough hands to do all that. But by the time I go to bed tonight, each one of the books that Byron has discussed, you'll be able to find on our Facebook page, "The Ride Home with John and Kathy." Okay, keep it going, Byron. Okay, here you go. There's a woman named Abby Smith that we met at Jubilee, at the Jubilee Conference in Pittsburgh several years back. At the time, she had a book on being a celibate woman, even looking at her sexuality and stuff as a single woman. Really strong, evangelical young lady. Uh, I watched her pray with a young lady to receive Christ into her life at the Jubilee Conference as she was getting ready to go catch her plane to the airport. Abby's just that kind of a person, Mm. leading people to Jesus as she's walking away. She had a baby. The babies are growing up. She wrote a memoir about her life as a new mom. It is called Stretch Marks I Wasn't Expecting. The subtitle (laughs) is a a memoir on early marriage and motherhood. Isn't that a title? Stretch Marks I Wasn't Expecting, a memoir on early marriage and motherhood. Abby Smith. Um, I just, I probably read it mostly because I know Abby and I like her. But I was taken with it. It's wise. There's a lot of good instruction. There's one guy, he's the director of something called Potter's Inn and wrote a book, pretty big-selling book called The Lazarus Life. He says, the writing alone is a portal into a beautiful soul, but the insights, candor, and honesty are an invitation to see oneself through the lens of grace and truth. Every woman should read this, he says. Every man who has ever loved a woman should be required to read this beautiful roadmap into a woman's soul. Um, she's got a great gift of writing. She's creative. Um, I like Abby a lot. In this book, Stretch Marks, I Wasn't Expecting. It's on a small independent press. I think it's a good book. And I think um, in this time when there's a lot of young moms listening, probably, it would be a book that they might not know about. I love it. Hey, you mentioned that uh, summer's a time to slow down and read. Might I suggest this? It's a great time to read about slowing down. Hmm getting rid of the hectic pace, like we have this sort of window of opportunity to think hard about our lives, and so maybe now's the time to read a book about Sabbath. There's a new book called Subversive Sabbath. I love this book. I love this book. Do you by A.J. Svoboda? Isn't it amazing? Yes. It's about the power of rest, as he says, in a nonstop world. I really really like his writing. He's been on our show a bunch of times. I'm a big fan of his writing, Byron. I'm so glad. His book on uh, Holy Week, which looks at like Good Friday. I love and Holy that book, Saturday, A Glorious Dark. Adored that book. It was yep. so well written. Yep, I agree. Yep, he's a good, good guy. I'm going to be with him at a conference uh, in Philly this fall. So, at any rate, Subversive Sabbath. Uh, Dr. Matthew Sleeth, who has written some uh, books, uh, has an endorsement on the front um, and wrote the foreword. So, yeah, that's it's a great book. Sabbath great book. Is a, is a wise book. Do you by any chance know Gary Neal Hansen? Yes, Gary Neal Hansen. He happens to we, live in he, he Pittsburgh. Was, he was in the studio with us on Friday. Was he really? Yes. Oh, I wish I lived in Pittsburgh and could listen to you. Well, I have his book called Kneeling with Giants. Kneeling with Giants. Learning to Pray with History's Best Teachers. It's a classic. 
It really is. And again, it's time in the summer to slow down, reevaluate your pace of life. Every chapter of this book, as he probably said, if your listeners heard him then, every chapter is a different way to pray inspired by a great saint or person of prayer of the past, whether it's St. Benedict or Martin Luther, you know, whether it's Ignatius of Loyola or Teresa, whether it's the Puritans or, or, or uh, uh, people like Andrew Murray or even John Calvin on how to pray the Psalms. I love this book. Well, I shouldn't say I love it. I like this book because he says, you know what? Reading a book about prayer is not the same thing as praying. Mm, so this yeah. book is to help you learn to do it, not just read about it. Eh, check. I get that. Yeah, I get that too. Yeah. You ever do that? I read a book about prayer and then I think I prayed. And I think, okay, I, I just read about it. Now I got to do it. Oh, it's for a, sure. It's a very instructional that, book That's the whole problem do. with reading is you can put all sorts of things in the theoretical. It's just when you have to make them practical, yeah. things get messed up. All right, keep it going, Byron. Want to hear a fabulous book that is, I, for some reason, it feels kind of summary to me. Again, it's this time when we slow down a little bit, reconsider our pace of life. And so this book is called Reframing the Soul. Kathy, you're going to love this. Reframing the Soul, How Words Transform Our Faith. What? He is convinced, drawing on some Dan Allender things and other mm-hmm. authors, that we are sort of built to tell a story of our life, that our story is a plot. And the plot of our life ties into God's big story, what God's doing in history. So God sort of is working in history to tell the story of, of life, and we play a part in that. So we have to analyze our own stories, where we've been, where we're going. He says to tell your story well, you need to use the right words. And the kind of words we use or don't use helps us frame how we think about life. Mm. And so he has a chapter, uh, or he has three chapters on remembering. The word is remembering. And he says, remembering the past with gratitude. The next three chapters are using the word anticipating, that we need to tell our story in some kind of way where we anticipate well, and we have sort of a hopeful future that way, because we anticipate with hope. Then the next chapter is he encourages people to use the word dwelling, that we dwell well, we dwell in peace, we dwell in our place, so we're dwelling within ourselves. The next word he gives you is engaging that we engage with others in love, and we learn to engage well and engage in love. So isn't that interesting? It's this practice of reframing how we think about our past, our present, our future by learning how we remember, how we anticipate, how we dwell, and how we engage. Uh, it's called Reframing the Soul, How Words Can Transform Our Faith. And who's the author? Gregory Spencer. Gregory, Gregory Spencer. Spencer. Okay, yep. um, we're up against a, a break, so we need to step away. But before I do that, do you read Marilyn McIntyre? Oh, absolutely. Uh, she, I love that woman. I really do. I was on a panel with her once. So, so good. Okay, yep. I, feel like, I feel like you may have introduced me to her writing years ago. Anyway, she's a regular on our show. Have. She's a regular on our show now. And she, um, she, her book, Caring for Words in a Culture of Lies, is one of my favorite books about language. I'm sure I told you about that. Yep. I bet you did, yep. Byron. You're always so hooking good. me up with the best books. Love that. It's Byron Borger, Hearts and Minds Bookstore. Um, all the information will be on our Facebook page this evening, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. But we still have a few minutes ahead, so stay close. It's Tuesday's Ride Home. This is Mike Howard for Word FM, here to tell you about an awesome opportunity to attend Teal College in nearby Greenville, Pennsylvania, for an extremely discounted investment without discounting the educational experience. More on that in a moment. 
Teal College was founded in 1866 as a co-educational institution in western Pennsylvania. Teal is an independent liberal arts college rooted in the Lutheran tradition, offering distinctive programs in the arts and humanities, social and natural sciences, and professional studies, together with engaging co-curricular and athletic opportunities. Teal College provides an accessible and inclusive learning environment that emphasizes service to society. Teal's residential campus offers a safe and supportive setting in which to grow and learn. Word FM is pleased to offer a tuition voucher to a brand new student at Teal College at half price. Yes, half price. That is almost $15,000 in savings. Call me today, Mike Howard, to find out more. 412-937-1500. That's 412-937-1500. When you come to Kennywood, you're part of the family. So make yourself at home. Help yourself to some tasty treats. Then climb aboard with the number one blue engine and steam into our newest attraction, Thomastown. Visit Thomas and friends at their new Kennywood home, coming soon. Kennywood, a Pittsburgh tradition for 120 years. Welcome to the family. Now save up to $20 on select days at Kennywood.com. Graduation is an exciting time in life, but it can also leave you feeling a little uncertain about what's next. If only your high school diploma came with a career game plan. The good news is Express Employment Professionals is here to help. If you're looking for immediate work, sign up for the Express Jobs app and you'll be able to apply for a variety of quality jobs quickly and easily. If you want to continue learning and building skills, you can access 18 free CTC courses through their Express Learn program. Learn more today at ExpressPros.com or call 412-494-2000. Life doesn't stop on the weekends and neither do you. So we understand that it can be hard to find the time to shop for a mattress. This is Robin Trzinski of the Original Mattress Factory, and we have a completely new website designed to help you simplify the mattress shopping experience. Check out our products, view our prices, and even place an order for pickup, local delivery, or to have it shipped outside of our delivery area. Just visit OriginalMattress.com and find a thoughtfully made, honestly priced mattress of your own. The Original Mattress Factory. Great beds, no bull. You don't know when your AC unit will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. Clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661. See, you've been getting into a little light reading. It's called reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. Wonderful book you have there. Have you read it? Well, not that one, but, you know, books. (laughs) I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather-bound books. Closing out an hour with one of my favorite guests, Byron Borger, owner of Hearts and Minds Bookstore. Let me encourage you in this. I mean, it, we all love Amazon, right? Amazon is a, a tremendous uh, economic engine in uh, in our country, around the world. And they might even be coming to Pittsburgh. We don't know about that. But listen, when it comes to buying your books, I just want to encourage you to go to an independent bookseller. Just do yourself a favor. Look up Hearts and Minds Bookstore online. It's super easy. They're great people to work with. Order your books from them. You won't be sorry. All right, Byron, we only have a couple minutes left, but I wanted to bring up this uh, article you wrote in the Post-Gazette. You wrote the article, Robert Hudson connects the music of Bob Dylan to the mysticism of Thomas Merton. You can find that if you go on the PG website. And also, a couple months back, you did a review of a book I really loved. I didn't think I would like it that much, but it was the Gregory Allen Thornberry book about Larry Norman. 
It was so good, and I was an honor to be asked to write about it in the Post-Gazette. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're now writing in our local newspaper, Byron. How'd that come about? I have another one coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, too, which I am not going to tell you about yet, but keep an eye open. Fantastic. Okay, well, we welcome you. I mean, please, always give me a high sign so I can make sure we talk about it on the air. Um, and I want to ask you about a, a good friend of John and mine and uh, just an absolutely dear soul and a, a precious resource in the world of social media right now is Karen Swallow Pryor. And I hear, I could not believe when I saw this on Twitter, that Karen is going to be at your bookstore this fall. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, she has this novel or this memoir or this uh, study coming out about books. Oh, I love it. How they can give I've you greater virtue. Yep. Every chapter is a different novel, yep. I've and we're going to have it. the artwork from the book, you know, the woodcuts yep. that uh, were done for each chapter. We're going to have the artwork there in the store. The guy that did that artwork for the book is in Lancaster, so he's bringing the artwork over. She's going to talk about the book. We're going to have a book party in Hearts and Minds with Karen, and uh, and we're very, very much looking forward to that. Well, I'll tell you what. That would be a- Mike, we should take a road trip. I'm totally down. Don't you think we should? Let's get, let's That'd go. be awesome. We could all meet together. Anyways, Byron Borger, um, he is a dear friend and an amazing, amazing resource and a lover of reading. All the information about Byron, find us on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy, and on our website, johnandkathyshow.com. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump says he misspoke on Russian meddling at his summit with Vladimir Putin. At the summit, the president was asked who he believes about Russian election interference, his intelligence officials or Putin. He just said it's not Russia. I will say this. I don't see any reason why it would be. Words to describe what the president said included treasonous and bizarre. Now, I have to say, I came back. And I said, what is going on? What's the big deal? At the White House, a presidential correction. I said the word would instead of wouldn't. The sentence should have been, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't or why it wouldn't be Russia. The president says he accepts the intelligence community's view Russia interfered. We will stop it. We will repel it. He again denied the Trump campaign colluded with Russia. Ed Donahue, Washington. On Wall Street, the Dow by 56 points. This is SRN News. Do you remember what was kept in a spring house? If you're an old timer, you know that a spring house was used for storing fresh cold milk. In 84 Pennsylvania, we have another kind of spring house. Our spring house is an old-fashioned country store filled with all kinds of old-time gifts, great country foods, and you guessed it, fresh cold milk. You see, the spring house in 84 is also a dairy farm where we milk our own cows, pasteurize and homogenize the milk, and sell it all through the store. We've had people tell us it has to be some special kind of gourmet milk. We don't add anything to the cow's diet or to the milk. It's just nature's purest, most perfect food, and we love the way our customers love it. We also make a chocolate milk you would think is a chocolate shake, an old-fashioned buttermilk that people drive miles to get, and a 40% heavy cream that's wonderful for luscious desserts. Our 2% and our skim are the greatest sellers. Come and try some Springhouse milk at the Springhouse in 84. It's Trinity Jewelers' 20th anniversary. To celebrate, Trinity invites you to bring your better half this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not 
not going out of business. They've just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers' 20th anniversary half-off, half-the-store sale. 20 years of celebrating life's closest relationships. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road at trinityjewelers.com. He was unaware of a lot of things that were going on around him. His world was closed. As a mom, that... That, that does something to you because you want to be able to communicate with your child. He had very low self-esteem. He just lacked confidence. He just didn't fit in. He struggled in making some friends and connecting. There really is hope. There really is a program that can help. And Brain Balance, truly, honestly, is the answer. It was like he was waking up. Brain Balance was just everything that they said and more. We see it as an investment investment in our child's future. Do it. (laughs) Just do it. Go in, get the assessment, have your eyes opened to why your child is the way they are. Help your child achieve success all summer long. Call Brain Balance today and get a jump start on your child's next school year. Make a real difference in the life of your child and your family. Visit BrainBalance.com. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the fun for half the price at Fun for All Family Fun Park in Cranberry. Get a $100 value for $50 or $50 value for $25 and enjoy the best family Family fun rides, games, and attractions, including the new XD Dark Ride. It's all for fun at Fun For All. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. Mainly clear and cooler tonight with a low of 58 degrees. There'll be some patchy fog in the area later tonight into early tomorrow morning. For the day tomorrow, mostly sunny. Pleasant for the afternoon, high 78. Clear and comfortable tomorrow night, 54 degrees and another nice-looking day for Thursday with a good deal of sunshine and low humidity, 80 degrees. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Danielle Nitto on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Happy to have you with us. Kathy Emmons from the Word FM studios. My honor partner, John Hall, taking another vacation day. He's left new Mike and I behind, which I think is sad. Mike, are you sad? I'm very sad. No, Especially, he's at the beach. It's like my favorite place. I know. Now, here's the thing. Now, John was at the beach last year, and um, it was... A comedy of errors. That's the nicest thing I can say about it. That's the nicest way you can put it, yeah. And because we care so much for him, we turned it into a daily comedy bit on the show. We sure did. And um, it was awesome. His misery was our happiness. Yeah, it really was. And I felt felt good about it. Anyway, (laughs) but it seems like everything's fine down there. Seems like it. What the heck? No uh, no hurricanes I mean, I, or anything? No I rain? I don't wish him harm in any way, shape, or form, not. but I wish there was something funny that we could talk about yeah. in regard to his vacation, but I got nothing here except... We miss him. Oh, we do miss him. Um, I hope he's having a great time. Okay. Um, really interesting articles uh, circulating the web today on relationship. And um, the first one uh, my dad gave to me this morning, this is from uh, today's PG, and it's an article by Jennifer Brehenny Wallace, and it talks about close relationships with family and friends. And we know that regardless of what situation we're in, whether we're, you know, um, parents of young kids or we're just graduating from 
college or we are retiring, whatever it is that the relationships we have, especially the close ones, can really help us through difficult transitions in life. But there's new research that talks about the benefits of social connections when it comes to what they call weak ties. So the strong ties are the ones that you have with your parents or your spouse or your best friend, your children, that sort of thing. But there's new research on something like weak ties. Let me tell you what this is. So um, it's shedding light, this research, on the hidden benefits of casual acquaintance. Okay. And the research is showing that it can serve important functions such as boosting physical and psychological health and buffering against stress and loneliness. This uh, includes this research researcher. This research includes a co-author from Carnegie Mellon University locally. Okay, decades of research. The article goes on to say. Suggest that having a diverse network of strong and weak ties is physically and psychologically protective. Maintaining various social roles, such as being a spouse, being a best friend, being a colleague, and maybe being a member of a cycling club, maybe being a member of the PTA, is associated with better cognitive functioning, better emotional and physical health, and a decreased risk of mortality in later life. People with high levels of what psychologists call social integration, which is those who participate in a broad range of relationships that consist of both intimate and weak ties, tend to be healthier and happier. They help buffer against stress, they keep us calmer, and they encourage positive health behaviors. Okay, Mike, your physical social interaction. You've mm-hmm. got a wife. Mm-hmm. It's adorable. You've got Dr. J, who is uh, going to be three years old Two. any moment. Yeah. Okay. He's going to be yeah. three, though. Yes. When? Like next weekend? He'll be two, actually. Oh, I thought he was going to be three. He'll be two this Thursday. Oh, gosh. His birthday is... See, I was giving him a whole extra year. Oh, please don't. God bless him. He's so stinking cute. I can't... Okay. See, so those are your... You're with them most of the time. Right. And, oh. then, and then there's all of my friends from uh, the Oprah Book Club that I joined recently. I have a ton of friends. You are totally lying. I am lying. Okay. It's like you can no way. I'm totally lying. Yeah, okay. So you don't have uh, – what about um, hockey? Yeah, I have friends through hockey, um, friends from church, Okay, uh, from the tech team. Um, do you work out in from gym? college? I uh, don't. I should, though. Mm-hmm. Do you feel badly about it? Uh, yes. Are you sad I brought it up? Yes. Okay. No, yeah. I understand. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank um, you very much for bringing that up. Sure. No problem. I think that, and the article goes on to say, I'm not going to read the whole thing, that we utilize different parts of ourselves when we're working with people who we don't know all that well. Mm-hmm. So you and I know each other very well. Right. But, you know, if I go and... um am on a committee with at my daughter's school yeah. i don't really know those people right but we're both working toward a common goal and so it's kind of helping you to utilize a different part of yourself so even as in perhaps even especially as you age those are the things that are going to make a difference to you in how you're able to navigate difficult transitions in life okay so speaking of difficult transitions it's been almost two years since you had a baby mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes was that a difficult or not so bad of a transition um, I have mixed feelings about it. Uh, it was, it was definitely, I wasn't expecting the, uh, how, how tiring and emotionally draining it is, but uh, obviously so rewarding. Um, uh, I obviously, since, you know, I had a human to take care of, um, my single friends, uh, I lacked time with them. Um, so I had to, 
I had to reestablish those relationships and um, and tried to uh, make it make a harder effort to uh, to bring that up, bring that back in my life. Um, so yeah, it was that can, that's a little challenging. I think that when I look back at the transitions in my life, I think having kids is the single hardest was the single hardest one for me. Really, and I don't also, know. Probably it has to do with how. I was pretty high energy about my career before I had kids. Yes. Um, we, I was part of a, um, of a small business that had started here in Pittsburgh. Um, I was doing, also doing some independent interior design and I just, I had a lot going on. And so I kind of went from having so much going on personally for me outside the home to having nothing going yeah. on personally outside the home at all and then From being one extreme to another and being at home and then I was at home for a decade just taking care of my kids wow. so I only worked very very part-time yeah. um, throughout that decade it was a very very difficult time for me to figure out how to do life how to balance that how do you do that when do you get up like it just And and I think perhaps the hardest thing for me is when you have when you're in a workplace, you have constant feedback from people. Right. You know, you've done a good job or you haven't done a good job. Right. I mean, there's a lot of both of those. That's just part of what having a job is. Right. When you're at home. Oftentimes you have no feedback, especially with an infant. You have nothing. You're like, am I doing this well? Am I doing this horribly? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And there's nobody to talk to. Anyway, I find it very challenging. And I think the thing that helped me to be healthy about it is that I didn't have to go back to work right away. Hmm. I mean, I had a part-time job. I had three months off from that part-time job. And so even after I went back, I was only working maybe 10 hours a week. Right. So how soon did you go back to work after you had Dr. J? Two weeks. Really? Yes. Two weeks. All right. Well, you're going to be. I wish it was longer. You're going to be really mad when I read this to you. This is a, a recent article in the Wall Street Journal by Vanessa Furman. Listen to this. Okay. As more companies offer new fathers more paid time off, a new challenge has emerged persuading working dads to actually take advantage of it. Job-related anxieties that come with parental leave, including worries about slowing your career trajectory, are familiar to many women. But as more employers expand parental leave benefits for men, new and soon-to-be dads are confronting the same concerns. Now, listen, Mike, it says that many men say that they're reluctant to take advantage of parental leave policies because in a recent survey by Deloitte, uh, Deloitte talked to 1,000 U.S. workers and one in three men said that they were worried about actually taking the time off that was extended to them by their company. The company was saying you can take it off and they were like, no, 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 I don't think I can because they thought it would jeopardize their careers and they would be seen as less than committed to their jobs. So two weeks off compared to they're talking like Facebook. If you worked for Facebook, it's four months. What? What? Four months of parental leave is what you get. For men and women and people are men are reluctant. Yeah, because they feel like other people in the workplace are going to think that they're not serious about their job if they take four months off. I mean, because their family isn't important. Right, 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 right. Okay. so first off, if that was extended to you, would you take it? Oh, my gosh. In a heart. Yes, of course. Who's not going to take that? I mean, I I mean, I get the feeling of, you know, I'm going to get behind or people aren't going to look. I I mean, I get that. But that has to be overridden by your desire to just figure out how to how to do this baby. Right. I mean, especially if it's your first kid. I'm telling you, if you've never had children or perhaps you're expecting a child, let me just tell you, having the baby is a totally new world. And it does not come easily for most people. It did not come easily for me. 
didn't come easy for me either. Yeah. Um, my wife, the same. She she was very career driven. And it's funny because it's shifted now after she's had John, after she's had Dr. J. Um, but now she's starting to get it's, – it's been two years now. Now she's starting to get career goal-oriented again. Mm, right. now Because now she can kind of think about it again. Exactly. Because the emergency of having a newborn is yes. over, right? Because yes. yeah. now it's become a part of life. It's not like, you know, such a crisis all the time. Right. Facebook allows four months of paid parental leave, and they oh encourage gosh. bosses to ask both expectant mothers and fathers when, not if, they plan to take the time off. Like the CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, who took two months off when each of his daughters was born, they want male managers to post on Facebook about their paternity leave. And at Twitter, you're going to love this, father, <laughs> this might be going too far. Fathers gather quarterly for dad's lunches to trade parenting tips and talk through how and whether to take the full 20 weeks. You're 20 weeks. That's five months of paid leave that Twitter offers. So you're telling me that they have to have a meeting about taking... <laughs> Time well, off. I, I told you that seemed like a stretch. That, oh my gosh. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> apparently it's a major problem. But here, this is the part that I think was perhaps most interesting to me. And that is, um, later in the article, it says, companies encouraging male employees to take more paid time off say there is a compelling business case for overcoming the stigma of paternity leave. Research indicates that both men and women who take parental leave have fewer absences from work and are more productive when they return there it is don't you buy that i buy that i totally buy that i buy that i'm telling you refreshed it you're you're refreshed and you feel like you kind of have a handle on your life yes and up to that point it's super dicey okay um employers such as american express say actively promoting paternity leave policies also gives them an edge in recruiting top talent especially among millennials whose surveys routinely show that they tend to prize work-life balance balance over promotions and career yes. priorities. I mean, all I can say is Facebook and Twitter. They're they're doing it right. They're doing it right. Four months and five months. Off. I mean, I think it would be hard to think of the person like if I left yeah. for five months, that would be hard for you that guys. That would be very hard. You know, so I, I I can't imagine that would work in every context, but yeah. I'll tell you what. You'd enjoy it? Heck yeah, and I think it'd be good for your family. Oh, definitely. And I think it would engender in the person a sense of gratefulness to the company, yes. thinking, you know what, I can't believe they extended this benefit to yeah. me, and you really want to work as hard as you can when you get back. Yeah. Okay, I love it. I love it, too. All right. As more I'm dads down. get paternity leave, companies push them to take it. Article in the Wall Street Journal, Vanessa Furman. Can, Vanessa Furman. You think we can talk to our manager about that? I would like to. Let's do it. Although, I, I think I don't want to be taking maternity leave anymore. No. I feel like... <laughs> feel like I'm kind of done with it. Yeah. Salim Gabriel. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by making minimum payments? You should know. I think the you hit credit it twice. card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. 
Reduce a portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-518-4020. 800-518-4020. That's 800-518-4020. When you're a kid, Idlewild is a place full of adventures. There are rides that are just your size, treats to tickle your taste buds, and special friends like Daniel Tiger to touch your heart. When you're a grown-up, Idlewild is every bit as magical, every bit as memorable, every bit as fun. Idlewild and Soak Zone, because you love to see them smile. Right now, save up to $10 when you buy tickets at Giant Eagle. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Hey, many of you know or have worked with my friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial. And so you probably know that they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But did you know they're also now offering the best group health plans in the nation, typical savings up to 40%. Small, medium, even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital you want. Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, even Johns Hopkins, because Marley's giving you the power to choose the best thing for you and also the very best thing for your employee, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. So if you've got questions, now's the time to ask them. Call Todd Marley at Marley Financial 724-884-1496 and find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 or find them online, marleyfg.com. There's always a moment of truth where it's either put up or shut up. We were yelling our hearts out. Even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continued to push. I don't know where the pain went to, but all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. PFC Daryl Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call 1-800-MARINES. such a treat for me. I mean, I absolutely love this. Sitting across the table from Salim Gabriel. Salim Gabriel, an advocate for children and for the city of Pittsburgh, an ordained Presbyterian minister, devoted his life to serving the people of his community through outreach, education programs, and a lot of humor. Well. And bad humor. We specialize in that. That wasn't, that wasn't on this. I'm Speaking just, of I which, added that. Yes. You went through your Rolodex and you invited like every old Male That's not true. On your in your That's like not in your true. old friends book to That's be not on true. your sh- first of all, you're not old. Byron Borger. Now listen, now be quiet and, and let me, me? Think. listen. Be Combined qu- age three hundred and seventeen. Be quiet and let me keep reading about you. In nineteen eighty five, Salim founded the Pittsburgh Project, a community development organization that provides free home renovations to hundreds of vulnerable seniors and mentors, educates and deploys thousands of volunteer youth in meaningful community service, and for whom my daughter is working this summer. Salim led the project till two thousand and eight when he assumed the leadership of the Pittsburgh Promise, which is a regional economic and workforce development entity that focuses on transforming the quality of education and life in the city of Pittsburgh, making higher education a reality for all of Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's urban youth. Not only that, 
also volunteer pastor of the Mosaic Community Church on the north side, serves on the board of a bunch of places, and is an awesome human being and a great friend. Salim, I'm so happy you're here. Well, thank you, Kathy. It's happy just, to be here. I'm, I mean, it's a real treat. It's embarrassing, though, to follow Byron Berger. Oh, uh, I always feel dumb. No, but when he's talking, I have to I feel talk to dumb. him all the time. Are you kidding me? Okay, I just finished so, reading the like the March issue of Penny Saver. What's that? You mean the Penny Saver? The Penny Saver, the Penny Saver like, doesn't exist anymore. Tiger Beat magazine? No, it, Tiger Beat doesn't exist anymore either. I'm working on my no. 1987 <laughs> it's subscription. Been, it's been replaced by Facebook Marketplace. Uh, That's the new geez, thing. Jeez, he is so brilliant. Isn't he the best? And okay, so I met Byron when I was 18. Yeah. But I met you when I was 14. That's right. I mean, what the heck? That's right, Kathy. I've known you the majority of your mm-hmm. life. That's exactly right. And, and my I am life richer is, for it. Uh, my life has been better since that day. It was, can I tell everybody? Sure. Sure. Knock you were, up. when you were 14 years old, mm-hmm. you were on a, on your church's search committee for your next youth pastor. You were no, the, who brings a 14 year old on a committee to find a new youth pastor? Who hires the 23 year old youth pastor? <laughs> I mean, in retrospect, that was bad I judgment all the way around there. the wisdom of the church. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then there you were. And there I am. By God's grace, we survived it all. Yes. And somehow, exactly love and right. grace win every time. It isn't. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. So you spent years as a youth director. Mm-hmm. When you were, what, maybe 20, what, six years old, you started the Pittsburgh Project? Yeah, started it at 25 and, lo- yeah, 25, 26. And um, at that time, I was still serving at the church, and the church was very gracious to let me do both the work at the church and then support me in, in launching this new ministry on the north side. Memorial Park? Memorial Park. Yeah. Amazing church in the North Hills. That's who brought us to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um and little, you know, then we were thinking like typical youth pastors will be here for three, four, maybe five years. Our daughter was three months old, and now she's 34 years old. And <laughs> You're still here. And we're still here. <laughs> kind of like the dysfunctional mess. Nobody else wants us. <laughs> I don't think that's what it is. But somehow you fell in love with Pittsburgh. It's amazing. Uh, that would not have been something that I, I expected. Yeah. Um, you were from Dubuque, Iowa? From... Well, from Beirut, Lebanon. Well, first, right. Born and raised in the Middle East. Okay. We immigrated here when I was 16 years old. We settled in Iowa, of all places, not the first place immigrants go to. Um, but then we came to Pittsburgh after stopping in Philadelphia and spending two years. With oh, I forgot. You Tony were out there Campolo. with Tony Campolo. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A very formative two years. His fingerprints are all over my life and work, and I'm very thankful for him. Uh, and we came to Pittsburgh to do youth work at Memorial Park Church and then felt well, this was largely Tony's influence and the Holy Spirit's as well. Uh, a deep, profound sense of call to places of brokenness and where um, where there are lots of kids who just don't have access to the opportunities and to the resources that other kids have and every kid deserves to have. So Tony's challenge was always, Salim, you need to go where you're most needed. Not necessarily where it's good for you or your family, but you go where you're most needed. Um, and that's a you know that has we have tried to think like that and act and live like that ever since then. Um, so anyway, so we left the North Hills and moved to the North Side and started the Pittsburgh Project, and we've had the joy of living in that same little place where mm-hmm. you were our next door neighbor. I mean, for a few years, six years, six years. six glorious years, we shared a home in that little duplex. We just had a thin wall between us. I know. Those of you who don't know, Kathy is married to an amazing man who is a phenomenal jazz guitarist, and he would practice for hours every night. And I mean, when we moved, you missed him a lot more than me, be honest. Well, uh, yeah, you're right. I understand. Yeah. I understand. I know. He, I, I, we went to sleep every night listening to jazz, live jazz. Mm. Who has that? I know. And we don't have it anymore. Right. You do. 
I do. Yeah. I still have it. Yeah. I still have it. He's amazing. He's a special guy. He is. He is. I married well. You did marry well. Thank you, God. I married well. And you met him when you were at Pitt? I did. Uh, I actually had graduated from Pitt. I was at Belfield Church, which is on the Pitt campus. And um, I met my husband when I was playing a prostitute in the church play. (laughs) And ever since then, it was, got to be honest with you, it was just love at first sight. Actually, it took many years for us to start dating. But um, but once we married, and you married us, Celine. I did marry you. Um, and so everything about, you know, our our uh, our legal union was based on you saying the magic words that, you know, this is Eric and Kathy Emmons. I um, pronounce you husband and wife. Right, exactly. And you owned a house in the north side then. You just bought half of a duplex and you said, hey, how about you guys coming? And what do, what do you think about living in the other side? I mean, you were homeless. You were a homeless prostitute exactly. and you needed a place to live. I mean, so we offered you Tony the other Camp- half of our duplex. Tony Campolo told you to reach out. That's right. Go where you're most needed. <laughs> Anyway, you're still in the same house in the north side. We still are. Uh, talk about your years at the project. How long were you there? 23 years. Wow. Wow. I mean, you know. How the, did that change you? Wow. Um, remarkably. You know, um, I, I don't want to over, uh, over romanticize this or kind of like stretch the hyperbolic boundaries of appropriate conversation. Uh, but – it's very important for I'm convinced of this. If 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 Christians are serious about Christ likeness, it's very important for Christians to not every now and then drop by and visit a poor person or broken mm. person or hurting person, but to share life with broken people and poor people and dis, disenfranchised people and folks who experience racism and violence and all sorts of things beyond what humans are meant to. I mean, it's not it's not a it's not an accident that Jesus said. Listen, when you feed hungry people, you feed me. When you give them a drink, you give me. When you visit them, you visit me. When you release them from oppression or from their prisons, you release me. He identified very keenly and very personally, very intimately with, with poor people. Um, so how has that changed me? I think I have, I have, I have come to know Jesus more intimately because mm-hmm. I've spent, um, well, nearly my entire adult life right now in that context. Mm-hmm. So 26 years with the Pittsburgh Project. 23. 23 yeah. years with the Pittsburgh Project. Pittsburgh Project still going strong. Now Executive Director Wayne Younger is taking yes. it over. Wayne, a great friend of our show, a great friend of mine as well. What a good man. What a good, good man. I'm very excited about the trajectory there. Um, and we need to step aside. But when we come back, Salim, I, I think I want to take a step back. You mentioned at the beginning that way before there was a Pittsburgh promise that we'll talk about, way before there was a Pittsburgh project, and way before you ended up in Pittsburgh, you started out with your family in Beirut, and you were an immigrant to the United States. Now, one of the things that has been a continual source of frustration in all of our arguing about immigration in our country is we just don't talk to immigrants. We have all of our ideas in the theoretical realm, and yet we don't talk to immigrants. So one of the things that John and I have tried to do over the last couple months, and we're going to be doing even more in the next couple months, is talking about immigration from a personal perspective. Mm-hmm. We can talk about policy perspective. We can talk about how civics works and how we want – I'm not saying that we shouldn't have conversations about borders or security or any of those things. But if we're not talking to people who actually have immigrated here, then – I don't want to hear any of our theories because they don't mean anything. So, Salim Gubriel's personal story coming to Pittsburgh as an immigrant, as a junior high kid from Beirut, coming up next on today's Ride Home. Stop everything you're doing right now and ask yourself are you currently receiving steady paychecks? What about when you're retired? 
Will you receive a monthly check to cover your expenses and also have some fun? Kurt Kenotic at Accurate Solutions Group calls this mailbox money. It's the monthly check you'll receive throughout retirement. Kurt wants to help remove stress from your retirement. He doesn't want you to worry about if the money will show up or how much money you'll receive. The only thing Kurt wants you to think about is how to spend it when it arrives. Find out how to get enough money in your mailbox every month when you're retired. Call Kurt Kenotic and the team at Accurate Solutions Group at 412-515-3555 for a complimentary retirement analysis with strategies that could help your nest egg provide you monthly income you'll need in retirement. Call right now, 412-515-3555. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC, and Accurate Investment Solutions, Inc. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lay back. It's that end of day. Ah. <sighs> That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made, honestly priced. Originalmattress.com. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just the mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. It's Trinity Jewelers' 20th anniversary. To celebrate, Trinity invites you to bring your better half this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and get half off half the store. We don't know which half yet, but 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. No, Trinity is not going out of business. They've just lost their minds, and the savings will be ridiculous. Trinity Jewelers' 20th anniversary half off half the store sale. 20 years of celebrating life's closest relationships. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road at trinityjewelers.com. I used to leave voicemails for myself because the only one I could trust to get something done right was me. Hey, you, it's me. Remember to order safety goggles and grab some milk on your way home. But now I use Granger. Granger's got the technical support you'd expect from America's number one source for industrial grade supplies. They're in the business of helping my business. So no more talking to myself. Now I talk to Granger because when it comes to keeping your business running, Granger's got your back. Call or click Granger.com to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Mainly clear and cooler tonight with a low of 58 degrees. There'll be some patchy fog in the area later tonight into early tomorrow morning. For the day tomorrow, mostly sunny. Pleasant for the afternoon, high 78. Clear and comfortable tomorrow night, 54 degrees and another nice looking day for Thursday with a good deal of sunshine and low humidity, 80 degrees. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Danielle Niddle on 101.5 Word FM. Spending an hour with my wonderful friend, Celine Gubriel, who is the head of the Pittsburgh Promise, a regional economic and workforce development entity that focuses on transforming the quality of education and life in our city and making higher education a reality for all of Pittsburgh's urban youth. Um, when you were a youth, Salim, you weren't even an American. I was not. I was born and raised in Lebanon in the Middle East. 
I'm an Arab. Arabic is my first language. Mm-hmm. English. Do you still speak se- it? I do speak it. Okay. In kana Allahu ma'ana faman alayna. Did that bless you, Kathy? It, I hope it did. It did. Okay. I said, if uh, God is for us, who can be against us? <laughs> well, then it did bless the me. The first scripture that I ever memorized. It's the truth in any language. That's right. Um, so, yeah, Arabic is my first language. Um, when I spend time, like any more than a day or two with my mother or extended family or visiting in Lebanon, right away my accent comes back, which, like, I love. That's so neat. And I, I wish, love that. I wish, like, I had it full time. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, part of coming here as a 16-year-old meant coming here young enough to kind of assimilate and adopt and embrace my brother and my sister and my parents, who right. all of whom are older than me, all still have thicker accents than I do. Mine pops up every now and then. So we fled because of the civil war in Lebanon that uh, hit hard in 1975 and lasted through 1990. So, uh, And we took some casualties as a family. Some cousins and uncles were shot and killed. Our house was bombed. My brother was kidnapped. We got my brother back. Our house was bombed. Our car was set on fire, and we uh, uh, fled one night. And why was that? Why was your family a target? Well, we um, we were kind of partly caught in the line of fire and uh, partly because well, my father was employed as an accountant working for the American embassy uh, uh, as a civilian, as an Arab, working as an accountant. Uh, but we lived in a part of the country that was not pro-America and, um, in fact, in many cases, anti-American. And, and uh, we were Christians. We were in a part of the city that wasn't necessarily very fond of and by the way terms like this i think this is really important to note terms like christian and muslim at least for that part of the world are more sociological and political definitions mm. than they are interesting faith statements. interesting on yeah. my birth certificate yeah. kathy everything in lebanon is done on the basis of religious quotas which i think is atrociously bad um so on my birth certificate it has all of it has all of the stuff that is typical on birth certificates but it also says Protestant. That on my birth certificate, certificate, it says that I'm a Protestant, born to a Protestant family, and therefore, in the census, I'm accounted for as a Protestant. And as a pro- and all of Protestants combined, for example, make up just two percent of the Lebanese population, and therefore, they get two percent representation in Congress. Mm-hmm. Catholics make up forty eight percent of the population, and therefore, forty eight percent representation in Congress, and so on. Um, so. So, so when I say we were Christians, we were mm-hmm. Christians. I mean, we went to church, yes, by category, and, but but certainly by that by that political and sociological definition. Um, so we were uh, Christians. We were affiliated with the U.S. government, living in a part of the country that was not a fan of either. Um, there, that's overly simplistic, but that's kind of at the at, at surface level. That's um, what it kind of boiled down to. Uh, but largely, we were caught in the line of fire. The uh, rocket that came through our house was—we think of it—we think it was. Um, well, I'm not going to go into the some of the political, but, but stuff. not intended for you. Not intended for us. No, our house was just in the way, um, mm-hmm. and, and they were they were bad at pulling the trigger and aiming. So we just kind of fell in the line of fire. Um, my father woke us up in the middle of the night, and my, my brother and me, and said, "The car's packed. Let's go. We're leaving." And uh, that's how we learned. How, it. Wh- how do you get your head around that when you're 16? Yeah, it was very painful. So we landed in the U.S. I was just short of 16 in the summer of 1976, and uh, and that was the summer before my junior year of high school. No doubt in my mind that that year, so far at least, it may be uh, that may change. But so far, that year was the worst year of my life. It, I may have worse ones, but mm-hmm. I haven't yet. The culture shock, the language shock, Can't the uh, uh, you know, I, I didn't know how to behave in an American uh, system, in American high school, and I spoke English with a with much more of an accent. I went to uh, schools founded by Presbyterian missionaries, American missionaries to Lebanon. 
um, learned, you know, studied English there. But it was just a major, and we settled in Iowa, not the you know, kind right, of it's not the immigrant place. hub, right? So that was a that was a real challenge. However, through it all, um, I you know, like I don't want to quickly kind of gloss over all of the horrible stuff that happened. Um, but it wasn't purposeless. It was absolutely mm-hmm. not purposeless. Good, you know, if uh, God does cause all things to work together and work together for good. And that was the case for us. Uh, coming to the U.S. has been a great blessing, and I'm very thankful for um, for the second chance that my family was given in that sense, mm-hmm. literally. Uh, and I've become a huge fan of second chances, not just on the immigration front, but on every front, mm-hmm. because all of us are fully dependent on the grace that comes from saying, yeah, you screwed up, but let's try it again. Yeah. And that uh, the the ability to try things again by God's grace doesn't doesn't end. You know, the f- uh, I'm very thankful for that. That God doesn't say you you have this many times to get it right, and then out of the pool, adult swim, kid. Um, <laughs> so glad he doesn't say that. We need to take a break. When we come back, I want to ask you, Salim, if that immigration process was easy for your family, um, because that's one of the main problems we're having in our country today. Is even for people who want to emigrate. Uh, legally, it's just so unbelievably cumbersome, complicated, and expensive. So we're, we're trying to talk about immigration in a way that is life-giving and honest and, and in pursuit of truth. We're hoping that we can come up with um, a way to talk about it that honors people and not just ideas. We're back with Salim Gabriel from the Pittsburgh Promise next. 101.5 WORD with James McDonald and Walk in the Word. Are you living with regrets? If the answer is yes, you're exactly like the rest of us. But just because you have regrets doesn't mean your life has to be ruined by them. This week on Walk in the Word, James McDonald shows a revolutionary biblical way to deal with regret. Listen all week to Walk in the Word with James McDonald. Tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. on 101.5 WORD. Do you think you're getting a price hold? But really, you're signing up for Windows. And if you don't cancel within three days, you're obligated to that contract. Energy Swing Windows' Donnie Dara on the length some companies will go to get your business. What some salesmen from national companies are doing is they're getting homeowners to sign something that says they're going to hold your price for 30 days. But what they're really signing is a contract that says you only have three days to cancel. And they don't tell you that. It's a trick. And people are really getting ripped off by this. We don't pressure people at Energy Swing. There's not fine print at all. What you see is what you get. That's why we won the Better Business Bureau Torch Award three years in a row. That's why we just, in in Western Pennsylvania, won the best of the best on our website. There's actually a video that shows why we were voted as that. When you do the right things right, you're recognized for that. Energy Swing, best of the best. Right now, Word FM listeners get an exclusive 5% off over and above any current offers on windows and doors. Visit EnergySwingWindows.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters, always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, for the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. So the only thing really keeping you from enrolling your children in Christian school is sports? Trinity Christian School answers that concern with boys soccer, girls volleyball, and track for boys and girls. A well-rounded Christian education with the sports opportunities you want 
Now that sounds really good. Trinity Christian School, ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. 412-242-8886. The Express Employment Professionals Team sends a big congratulations to all parents of 2018 graduates. Whether your graduate has a clear vision for the future or is feeling a little uncertain about what's next, the Express Pros are here to help. Their Express Jobs app helps to make applying for jobs easier for those who want to get right to work. And for those who want to continue learning and building skills, their Express Learn program offers 18 CTC courses at no charge. Learn more at ExpressPros.com or call 412-494-2000. If you're not in the club, you're missing out. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Like today, get twice the fun for half the price at Fun for All Family Fun Park in Get $100 value for $50 or $50 value for $25 and enjoy the best family fun rides, games, and attractions, including the new XD Dark Ride. It's all for fun at Fun For All. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. Slim Gabriel is in studio. You know Salim because he runs the Pittsburgh Promise, which is a regional economic and workforce development entity. That's a lot of words. Yeah. I mean, they all mean something, but it still is a lot of words. It's a little too wordy. I mean, the Pittsburgh Promise is an organization that advocates for kids and families in Pittsburgh. We're trying to do three things. We're trying to lean on our public school system to deliver a higher quality public school education. We're creating college access to kids by raising $250 million to send them to college, and we've sent 8,100 kids to college so far. And then finally and thirdly, uh, once we get them through college, to get them to come back and have the companies that are supporting us to hire them and so that they enter the region's workforce and be a part of the economic vitality that hopefully will benefit everybody. And you've been at The Promise for how long? Since it started, uh, 10 years ago. How about that? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so we're going to go back and talk about your immigration story, but I don't want to leave The Promise without asking you um, what you've seen in the city that is different to you. I mean, you were immersed in the Pittsburgh Project for almost 30 years, so it's not like you were a stranger to the city. But being in The Promise, you're in a whole different environment. Yeah, uh, I am not in an overtly uh, faith-based setting. I have I have very generous access to all of our kids at our urban public schools. I get invited often to speak, whether it's uh, – I don't want to brag, Kathy, but I – No, am, I want you to brag. I am the most sought-after commencement speaker for pre-K ceremonies. What? I talk to more kids who are four years old Come leaving on. pre-K to go to kindergarten. Oh, my gosh. So now you have a set speech. You're not even writing them anymore. You're just – because that one is so good and it, so solid, you're just going to say it no matter where you go. In fact, it's so life-changing yeah. that I had a kid raise his hand recently at one of our pre-K commencement ceremonies. And I was ready for one of those. Salim, your talk changed my life. Right. Before I met you, I was lost mm-hmm. and going nowhere. Now right. my life has I direction. Never knew, I never knew what vocation meant I wish, today. Uh, yeah, I wish I'd met you earlier to have been <laughs> preserved from the life of indignity that I've experienced yeah. thus far. Mm-hmm. But his question was, um, sir, why is your head so shiny? <laughs> to those who are listening, I'm a bald man. <laughs> to which I replied, I- I'm an Arab. This head produces more oil than Kuwait. He didn't find that funny. Oh, it's sad. Yeah, that's sad, just because that four-year-old hasn't gotten out enough. Right. I think that's the problem. All right, so let's go back to to your immigration story. So coming from Beirut, um, 15 years old, nearly 16, coming into America after having a traumatic experience, um, did you consider yourself a refugee family? We were not refugees. So we came right away with a green card. The green card is that thing that is the very coveted thing that is the first step toward becoming an American citizen. 
So, um, uh, we, so we came right away as permanent residents. And I have to tell you, that's a very privileged status to have. Because my father, my father only had a fifth grade education, but he taught himself first bookkeeping and then accounting. And then he worked as an accountant for the American Embassy in Beirut and started as just an entry-level clerk and then rose. They, they, he worked hard. He was a good student. And he um, was promoted substantially at the embassy. And he served the U.S. government as an accountant and as a civilian for nearly 20 years. And uh, when they were evacuating American citizens, out of respect for my father's service, they gave us each a green card. And then mm-hmm. they snuck us into a convoy and got us out of the country. By the way, just a tiny bit of a sidebar. I, ha- I was the uh, guest preacher at Northway Christian Community not too long ago, and I shared this little bit of my story. And then afterwards, one of uh, a gentleman who's maybe 10 years my senior waited until everybody who wanted to talk to me finished talking to me, and he came up and he said, what year was that? And I said it was July of 1976. He said, I was a Marine in Beirut, Lebanon, charged with evacuating American citizens since July in, in July of 1976, and I, of course, I cried. You've like, got to be like kidding! He was one of our <gasps> rescuers, and I met him forty some years later in Wexford, Pennsylvania. <laughs> what are the odds Isn't of that? Isn't that incredible? It's just really incredible. Oh yeah. my goodness! So we came right yeah. away with that amazing, privileged little yeah. piece of paper that said we are not just documented, but we are on a path towards citizenship. Now, even then, it was really, really hard to um, go through the application process. Was it? Okay. Um, it's always been hard. Well, that's not true. In, in more recent history, it's gotten really hard for immigrants who want to come and embrace American life and culture and assimilate in it. It's been really hard for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting a green card is a very hard thing to do. You can get a shorter-term visa, but your life is really in transition until you have something permanent. So getting a job, being able to buy a house, being able to settle down, mm-hmm. those are really hard things to do because when your visa expires, you have to leave. And if you don't leave, you become an undocumented illegal. Uh, so it was hard then, but today it's crazy hard. The mm-hmm. difficulty, the degree of difficulty has increased so dramatically. And also the number of green cards that are, that are allotted each year has gotten much smaller. Um, so the demand is higher, the supply is smaller, mm-hmm. and the uh, battle rages on. Okay, so based on your personal experience, the experience of your siblings, knowing that, watching from a distance how your parents were navigating all of that, remembering where you had come from, I mean, you must look at the immigration debate in America completely differently than I do. I mean, I was born here. So to me, it's all theory. But for you, it was reality. It is reality. And it's, uh, of course, heartbreaking. And I I identify with immigrants and with the immigrant story. And uh, my kids uh, who are, you know, first generation born here, they uh, they are one step removed. But they are keenly aware of the fact that their father was mm-hmm. not born here. And when immigrants are talked about with really broad brushstrokes and also statements and decisions are made that affect the lives of families they know and cousins they have and people they have visited in Lebanon. Uh, you know, it is personal. It's real. And it has to be humanized. The debate has to mm-hmm. be humanized. Yes. Uh, leaving it at the level of the theoretical is leaving it at the safe at the place of kind of convenient safety. Sure. Um, but Where it, it's easy to draw black and white lines. That's right. It's so easy to talk about an issue when there is zero personal investment or zero personal knowledge. I think that's the problem. And, you know, I've said this multiple times on the air. Um, I don't know what I think of the immigration debate. 
I think it's complicated. I think the issues at play are difficult, and I don't think there are any easy answers. I immediately distrust someone who speaks as if they've got it figured out and they've got it cornered. What I'd much rather hear from is people who are um, interested in finding results, but th- but doing that through interaction with actual immigrants trying to navigate the current system. Um, and so that's why I'm so one of the reasons why I'm so happy that you could be here today. Okay, so if you were going to just speak to people at, like me, who grew up in America, don't know anything about the immigrant background, what would you say to help us to maybe understand the immigration story in a different way? I mean, the cliche is that there aren't any, there are, uh, the large majority of folks who are on American soil are are immigrants just a few degrees removed from the first generation, aside from Native Americans. Sure. Only the Native Americans are native to this land. Everybody else and So we were all immigrants at one point. immigrant to this land, right. Uh, there once was a time when the borders were open. Now, you know, they have gotten, and I understand the, uh, the necessity of closing borders and having uh, clearly defined boundaries for national identity. I get that. I get that. Um, but I think it's, it's super important for Americans to remember that unless you're a Native American, you are, part, you are mm-hmm. a beneficiary of an immigrant and immigration systems. And then for uh, those who come from the Christian faith perspective, to remember that according to um, nearly every, every page of the Bible that describes the heart of God in, in real practical and tangible ways, the message is that if you want to live in a good and just society, a good, you will know that it's a good and just society only if the widow and the orphan and the alien farewell. Those are biblical words. When the widows, orphans, and aliens farewell, then you're living in a good and just society. And if they don't farewell, then you have some serious, some important questions to, uh, to answer. Um, you know, uh, and, um, reminders that you yourself were once an alien, so don't mm-hmm. forget the aliens. Don't forget where you came from. Yeah. 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 And don't forget what it was like. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's time for another break. Um, but there's more ahead with Salim Gabriel. Next, I want to talk about the Pittsburgh Promise. Find out where it's been, where it's going, um, the kinds of things that you're offering to kids in the city, and the ways that it's changing the complexion of what we think of as Pittsburgh. That's next. Today's Ride Home. Celebrating life's closest relationships is what drives every Trinity Jewelers employee. It's people, not profits, that make life worth celebrating. After 20 years, Trinity Jewelers is still growing, and they have a place for an experienced diamond sales expert to manage their sales team. If working in a caring, friendly environment with a flexible five-day work week sounds better than the pressures of a corporate jewelry sales job, email your resume to trinityjewelers at verizon.net and help them make the next 20 years something to celebrate. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's you, Jamie. Don't hang up. You need to hear this. You gotta quit wearing that aviator jacket. Nobody's buying it. I'm sorry you have to hear it from me, but at Progressive, we're all about giving it to people straight. That's why we show our rates alongside our competitors' rates. And when you're helping people find great rates, you don't need some jacket to look cool. Just keep rocking that scarf. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Isn't crushing candy just boring? Play the hit puzzle game Best Fiends. It's sweeping the nation. Tired of matching candies? Give Best Fiends a try. It's fun, fresh, and addictive whether you play alone or with friends and family. Download Best Fiends for free in the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends.
Wrapping up an hour with the Pittsburgh Promises, Salim Gubriel. We've been hearing about his immigration story. Uh, Salim's invested, I would say, most, the vast majority of his adult life in the city of Pittsburgh, running the Pittsburgh Project first, and then after uh, 23 years leaving and going to the Pittsburgh Promise. Um, Salim, in our remaining minutes, I want to um, invite you to talk about the Promise. You've been there 10 years yeah. already. The Promise has been in existence for 10 years. Um, so talk about what you see there, what's happened and what's to come. So the Promise was just an idea 11 years ago, and the idea was that we needed something that is of a fairly substantial, um, uh, potentially substantial impact that we could use to jump start to kind of shock into life what we felt at that time was a public school system that was not serving its kids at all well, uh, urban neighborhoods that were um, uh, difficult, if not uh, horrible places for our kids to grow up, and um, and a population that was bleeding out of the city. Mm. So we said, well, what if we pushed hard on a school reform agenda that included creating access to higher education for every one of the kids who's part of the urban public school system, and then commitments by <coughs> our employers to then hire the kids that we educate and then send on to college? We did a financial analysis, we did a study, we did a year-long uh, season of preparation, and then we launched. And We launched a $250 million campaign to work on, on those three things, school reform, college access, and then workforce development. However, the large, the large percentage of the money goes to the scholarships. Uh, and then we, we, we are certain of this, we are absolutely certain of this, that that a high school education is just not enough. There once was a time when a high school degree could get you a high school diploma, could get you a job that paid you decently and supported mm-hmm. the family, which is why we have a public K-12 system, because a 12th grade education used to do that. Well, it no longer does that, but we still stop at the 12th grade with the free ed- education in our country. Um, so we said, all right, we know right now that a high school education is not enough. A four-year degree isn't always necessary, but some form of post-secondary credential is absolutely critical, whether it's a workforce certification, a trade or technical education, something that's a credential that enables you to get a job that a high school diploma will not. So we launched with that premise 10 years ago, and we started giving scholarships to the class of 2008. Since 2008, Kathy, we've seen high school graduation rates in our urban public schools go from 62% to 80% this year. We have seen college going rates go up, go up by about 20 percentage points. And beautifully, our kids, once they get to college, are staying and finishing college That's at rates. Awesome. Yeah, at rates that are equal to and in some cases higher than the rest of the country, depending on the type of school. And then, so we've sent uh, more than 8,100 kids to college. 8,100 kids to yeah. college. And wow. spent $120 million so far on their college educations. Those are, you know, some of them are at Grove City, some are at uh, Westminster, some are at uh, Villanova. Large percentages are at your alma mater at Pitt. Our second largest group go to Pitt. And those, of course, the people that will end up happiest and most intelligent. They, uh, uh, you are a living example of that. And they marry well. Come on, son. They do marry well. I got it. Someone's got to stick up for Pitt. Come on, Celine. Yeah. I love Pitt. And I love Pitt's Chancellor Gallagher. Oh, is, you know, and I, you know, I've never met him. Yeah. He's doing a great to. job reminding Pitt and the, and the Pitt community, which is global, that Pitt stands for Pittsburgh, and he's digging mm. deeper roots in our in, in, uh, in Pittsburgh's urban core, which is as it should be. As it should be. That's I mean that's and just, it's both and that, it's not right. Just one that's or the better other. for the city and it's better for the university. Yeah. yeah. All right. So um, we only have a minute left. Um, the promise. Um, if people want to find out more information, if they want to be involved in the promise, how does it work? Yeah. Visit us at pittsburghpromise.org. It's that simple. 
And we do need folks who mentor kids. We have a, an initiative called be, a, called be a Middle School Mentor. We need, of course, folks to support us financially. Uh, and we need employers to make it a priority to hire mm-hmm. our graduates. I love that. Salim Gabriel, he runs the Pittsburgh Promise. And I was going to say the project. I've said the project for so long. Yeah. He used to run the Pittsburgh Project, now runs the Pittsburgh Promise. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here today, Salim. Thank you, Kathy. As always. So fun to be with you. Very, very, very fun hour. Thank you to New Mike for being on the other side of glass, doing such an outstanding standing job. Our best to John Hall as he takes another day of vacation. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to talk about J.R. Tolkien, C.S. Lewis, and uh, World War I coming up tomorrow with Dr. Joe Laconte, King's College. See you tomorrow, Pittsburgh. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.